0: people get crazy sometimes and you got to take every threat I imagine very seriously and this seems like if you're starting to get threats is the law protecting your end
1: unfortunately Wayne they're not um, and that's where we're standing right now I was advised from my attorney um, as I said with Liberty Council National Organization to get my conceal and carry which I've I've had for a long time so you're actually talking to a, a pistol packing preacher now Um <laughs>
0: Climb up in my
2: stand oh, Hornady presents American Roots Outdoors with Alex Bellage and his friends and today it's just his friends both of them i the, the Red Bull Mike Grace Wayne Locke is here in the studio with me Alex is um, out of pocket and I, I don't know where exactly he is but he is somewhere out of pocket where he doesn't have phone service and don't you know Wayne that that is just eating him up oh, I, I bet it
0: is Yeah, I bet it is. It's uh, one of those things where he got called in last minute, and he's actually somewhere flying between Springfield and
2: California right now. He's in the air. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. As we're recording. We're recording this on uh, Wednesday afternoon. All right. So, uh, Wayne, we got uh, some uh, good stuff to talk about today, and and there's an issue up on the uh, Current River uh, that we're going to get into today. And just give us a little preview of what that is with Mr. Pettit.
0: Uh, yeah, Taylor Pettit, Uh, Watercraft Spring Recreational Area is having some issues with uh, getting stuff repaired, and the Forest Service is actually looking at closing it, and we're going to tackle that uh, issue, and then okay. uh, we are also to talk some fishing, too, about that area.
2: All right, yeah, well, there's good fishing up in there around Watercraft, uh, and, and a major boat ramp. Uh, for the folks who like to fish the river. So uh, we'll see what that's all about a little bit later in the program. Also, we're going to talk with uh, somebody, that's no stranger to the show, Jeff Burkhart, uh, who uh, is an evangelist who is uh, causing a little ruckus with a revival he's doing.
0: Yeah, yesterday was his 100th day of uh, preaching a uh, tent revival, and uh, he's actually, it's making national news, uh, what's going on up there, and we'll We'll uh, break that uh, news down to everybody on the next segment.
2: And Jeff, just a really good guy, and he's uh, an avid uh, deer hunter and turkey hunting, and we'll talk uh, uh, deer and turkeys and stuff like that with him too. So uh, as we open the program here, uh, food plot season is here. I mean, that's really about all there is, unless you fish, about all there is for the hunters right now is to start getting ready for the upcoming deer season. And as we've talked the last couple of weeks, Wayne, the time is right now to get those fall, winter, and spring food plots in the ground.
0: Oh, no doubt. And for the past five days, that's what I've been doing. I Not only did I get my uh, food plot area brush hogged and scraped up, ready to put the seed in, but I went over to Alex's place and got his place done because his tractor's out of service, so mine's back in service finally. <laughs> and uh, so I got his, his, his fields uh, brush hogged, uh, so we're ready to put the eagle seed down in there. And then I left his place, went down the street to help someone else with theirs, and uh, wouldn't you know it, <laughs> my tractor, that, tractor <laughs> that that has finally been working <laughs> stopped working. Um, and I tell you, it would have been an easy fix if I was a country boy and knew what I was doing, but a city boy from Cleveland, Ohio, I had no like no clue what I was doing, why it wasn't working. But
2: yeah. just had a little bit of something in the in a in a jet decorator, right?
0: That's exactly. It's all it was. So okay. I I took that carburetor part, took it to someone yesterday, they, and within like three minutes it was fixed. So
2: all right, and I know you're using proper terminology, and we should always do that on. The radio uh but i do want to make one correction all right and you will learn this the longer that you live here in the sticks okay we don't brush hog we, oh we bush hog oh <laughs> <laughs> we don't brush hog we bush hog you bush hog yeah okay and our tractors tore it up when the oh. tractor goes down it it, it gets tore up
0: well i was also correct that i didn't drive my tractor down the street
2: no, you drive your tractor down the <laughs> down road. Down the road. <laughs> down the road. All right, but uh, anyway, so yeah, and it's that time, and uh, food plots, guys, need to be getting them in. And, and of course, uh, I highly suggest, and I think there's still time to do this. That if you're going to put in a food plot, food plot somewhere, and you're not sure about the acidity of the ass of the uh, soil and the pH balance and all that, that you take those samples, get them to the extension service, and get those done. I know you have done that in the past, so you get the right lime and you get the right pH level to maximize the growing potential and the yield. Of whatever it is you're putting in.
0: Yeah, because you can put the lime down, the fertilizer, and the seed all at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and it only takes, I think mine was six days to get my results back. They tell you 10 to 14, but I got mine back in like six. They And you get, you it gets emailed right to you. It's not like you got to go pick up or wait for the mail or anything right. like that. So it was fantastic. And try to time it now because it, we're – such a dry spell right now if you can time putting that seat down where you have rain in the forecast mm-hmm. you're going to save yourself money because if you put your seat down and there's no rain for 14 days <laughs> you, you just wasted your money yeah
2: yeah so you need yeah and kind of watch those weather forecast and uh, and get that done and, and i know a lot of people probably have already done that i mean in fact i know some people have because i've seen on social media people posting pictures of bucks in the food pots. yeah already
0: yep yeah and the is.
2: deer are getting a lot more visible of uh, visible right now
0: Oh, yeah. they're uh, Shoot, they've been coming out like crazy during the middle of the day. For, and I don't know why, what's uh, changed all of a sudden, but they're traveling in the middle of the day. We're seeing them 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the afternoon that just a few weeks ago we weren't seeing at all. Right.
2: I've seen them a lot in the mornings. And, uh, you know, there was a, a while there where I didn't see any. And I travel between 4 and 4.30 in the morning. And, uh, you know, I'm live really about five miles out in the country. And uh, I wasn't seeing any deer at all. And now I'm seeing deer every morning.
0: Yeah. And what's nice is this year, well, at least in the area where we're at over there in Birch Tree, we're we're seeing a lot of fawns, and not just single fawns. Mm-hmm. This is the this year is the first year in the last three or four where I'm seeing a lot of twins, yep. which is fantastic, and some triplets. No, I have not seen a triplet yet this yeah,
2: year. Yeah, actually, somebody posted a picture with a with a doe and, and three little ones uh, uh, just the other day. And uh, one other thing I want to say about deer hunting here, and I know we got guests coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, with all the rain and as wet as it has been this summer, which has been way more than we're used to at least in in pockets mm-hmm. that only helps the antler growth and i think this year we're going to see some monster bucks because as long as we're getting rain regular the antlers continue to grow
0: right yeah the proteins out there they're yeah, getting the good new growth. Out there getting
2: yep. new, new, new growth and and so a deer that you know might have been this big in a normal year is going to be this big this year
0: yeah, and I, hopefully people have been out there putting their mineral supplement down, too, which is really going to help. And it, it helps more than just the bucks, and a lot of people don't realize that. That's why I do mineral supplements all year round, because in the springtime, it's great for the does and that, for milk production mm-hmm. and, and healthier fawns and stuff. But, um,
2: and your other wildlife will hit on it, too.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm and uh, speaking of checking food plots and, and mineral sites, I've been the three little puppies I have that I'm selling. I got three... Uh, 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 what a beagadors, beagadors, are are beagles, beagle, beagles and, and labs. Right, the dad's a lab, the mom's a bigador or a beagle. But I've been taking them with me and uh, having them just kind of follow commands, stuff like that. Yep. They're they're ten weeks old now, and it's amazing how how quick they're learning and and stuff like that. So if you're interested in a hunting dog <laughs> or you need a great family dog because I tell you, you can't that's a what that's a heck of a mixture yeah, between really a beagle is, yeah. and a lab.
2: Yeah, very loyal dogs. Both yeah, of them.
0: Yeah, get a hold of me. I got three females. Black, beautiful. They look just like black labs. I've
2: seen the picture. They are good looking dogs.
0: Yes. They are good looking dogs. All
2: right, so uh, uh, Wayne, we got football season getting ready to start. Of course, this program airs in, in most of the markets that we're in on Saturday. Uh, Jamborees, where they were able to have them or have them were last night. Regular season starts next Friday in Missouri. Misha says We're going full bore ahead with uh, football in the fall and and the other fall sports as well. So and that has not changed. Uh, So, folks, if you're a high school football fan, high school volleyball fan, the other sports, tennis and some of those that that have uh, competitions time of the year. Get ready. The 28th of August is the first day for legal games in the area. High school football teams will all be in action next Friday night. And I am so excited.
0: Oh yeah, and after five months of being deprived of sports, I think everybody's excited.
2: Yeah, well, and exactly, and, and it's been you know a longer period than normal because we didn't get to have high school baseball or right. high school softball last uh, last spring.
0: Right, right. So we're just we're just itching for competition. Now, how's that going to go with seating for fans? And that are they doing like there, there are some or? Uh,
2: Yeah, there are some restrictions, and of course, the schools and every school I think is going to be a little bit different. Uh, but they're uh, most of the the really big schools are using a percentage of their capacity. Okay. And at at the uh, stadiums that I have heard of so far, they are going to ask the fans to wear masks into the stadium. And if you get up walking around, they're going to ask that you wear your mask.
0: But once you're seated, you but can But once take you're it seated, and...
2: take it off and root and holler and cheer and, and all those things. But you'll need to check with your local school because about every school is going to be different.
0: Okay? Well, that's just good that we can get out there yeah, and parents can, can get out there, out there and start seeing their kids again. Get out
2: there. And, uh, and, of course, social distancing is just always a good idea at this time. And, and I even noticed today, uh, again, we're recording on Wednesday, I went over and watched the there Bobcats practice today. And even when I got, to, got an opportunity to go over and talk to a coach, Billy Weber, I stood six feet away. And it wasn't even something I intentionally did. I think we're just getting used to it.
0: It's just coming natural It's now. just
2: becoming a, a part of the way that we operate. So I stayed, you know, my six feet away, and he seemed to appreciate it, and everything went on fine. Yeah. All right, so a special guest is going to be joining us. And, again, um, Alex Rutledge will not be here today, but uh, uh, we are going to have program anyway. We're going to have a good time. we got some uh, big issues to talk about. Uh, we'll do that. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends. More coming right up. Hey, everybody. This is Michael Waterman with Bone Collector,
3: and you're listening to my buddy, Alex Rutledge
0: on American Roots Outdoors,
2: man. Hornady presents American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends. Again, I'm the Red Bull Mike Crace. Wayne Locke is here with me in the studio. Alex is out of pocket this week, but uh, we're, we're doing a show anyway, Wayne. Yeah, we do, So hey. far, we've been okay.
0: Uh, uh, it, we're having fun.
2: We're having fun. That's sure. what it's all That's about. All top. That's all it's about. Right. That's what it's all about. All right. Uh, so, uh, Wayne, we got
0: the special guest joining Who we got coming on we here? We have longtime friend to American roots, uh, Reverend Jeff Burkhardt, who is the pastor of the Bowman Old Time Pentecostal in Blue Eye, Missouri. I like that name, Blue Eye. Yeah. That's a city it sounds like I'd like to live in. It's, Blue not, a, Eye.
2: it's not a city, Wayne. It's oh, a town. It's a town. I keep Jeff? getting it. Jeff, we got Wayne here who's a city guy from Cleveland, Ohio. We're trying to get him into the local colloquialisms. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he he keeps call he, he keeps wanting to call, you know, Myrtle and Koshkinong uh cities oh cities or or towns. And you know, they're towns is what they are. Yeah,
1: especially Blue Eye. Actually Blue Eye Um, is split in half and part of it's in missouri and part of it's in arkansas it's a pretty unique
2: town it is a unique town so uh uh, of course jeff does uh, evangelism and uh, like you said uh has been on the uh, program many times before Uh, so jeff you've got uh, a little something going on and and i don't know a whole lot about what's happening but uh, why don't why don't you just tell us what's going on with this long-time revival that you've been doing
1: Amen. Well, tonight makes 101 nights of uh, tent revival here in Blue Eye, Missouri, in Stone County. Wow. Um, We're about, for those who don't know where we're located, we're 15 miles south of Branson, right on the Missouri-Arkansas border, and um, we actually, I I pastor as well as evangelize all across the country, and as um, we got acquainted last year, Brother Mike, over uh, Mm -hmm. having a revival in Winona, where many were saved and and touched and whatnot, but um, when The coronavirus happened, and the governor recommended that um, the churches shut down or or go to live streaming. Um, The Lord put it on my heart, and we went outside. We went to the parking lot and started having parking lot services, Mm -hmm. and God began to move mightily through it. And so in May, when he uh, opened the churches back up, the Lord spoke to me and said, It's time for revival, and we threw up our revival tent, and we've been going ever since. Um, we're looking at last night being the hundredth night and another young lady, a 13 year old girl gave her life to the Lord last night. So we're looking at 19 salvations throughout this. Um, there's been seven ministers called to preach, two of which have a tent revival going in Osage, Arkansas, as we speak. And it's been going for two weeks now wow. and, uh, God's just moving mightily, but it has come at a great price with opposition. And, um, you know, I believe so many times God wants to move, especially in America, um, across the the world. But uh, uh, it seems like across the world he's allowed to move a little more than in America. um, So many times because of our schedules or because of this or because of that, Um, I think sometimes we put a hindrance on him. So as uh, we went, we went week for week, and here we are 101 nights later. But as I said, it come against great opposition, and we actually uh, have had (laughs) – have had uh, opposition even from county officials, including the sheriff and the prosecuting attorney's office and, and some things. And so that's as me and brother Alex was talking, that's some things we need to talk about today on the era, our first amendment rights and and what that persists of. And we're um, even in small town America. I mean, we're literally out in the middle of nowhere. The population of blue eye is under 1200 or so. Mm -hmm. Um, My, 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 uh, Neighbors, I got a couple neighbors close by, and then the rest of them are cows pretty much. But
2: (laughs) but the neighbors,
1: a couple neighbors close by, um, have gotten upset because of how long it's going and have gotten upset with listening to the gospel over and over and over again. And so there's been great opposition, and, and that's just kind of what we're. Talking about today,
2: yeah, and Jeff, my my question would be, what exactly is the complaint? And, and I think you just hit on that, but if you will expand on that a little bit, I mean, is it because of how loud uh, that it is, or is it causing That's traffic? We've been is told, it, is it...
1: We are actually in Stone County, Missouri. There is no in out in the county, not not including in the cities of Branson, West, Kimberling City, Blue Eye, the other ones, but out in mm-hmm. the county, there is no sound ordinance. Hmm. Um, with that being said, uh, uh, we try to live peacefully among all men, as the Bible tells us to. And so our services had started at 7 o'clock and were over no later, um, maybe on a Friday, Saturday night, no later than 10, 1030. And uh, throughout the week, we were shut down um, by 9 o'clock. But because of uh, a few individuals, um, the old time saying is the squeaky wheel gets the grease, because Mm -hmm. of a few few individuals who, um, uh, just me personally, by their fruits, you'll know them, are not um, living a Christian life. Um, they have complained enough that it has come to the point where um, the resources of Stone County, the the sheriff's department in particular, has been out with a deputy at least every night for the last um, probably month and a half.
2: I know. Have they, have they made you stop? Or, I mean, what, what have they, they done while they've been They there?
1: have not. Um, here's where we're standing. Last Friday, um, there was some threats made towards us on Facebook. Um, that this has went on long enough, and and uh, one of the individuals, one of the neighbors said, that if this doesn't come to an end, I'm scared somebody's going to get hurt. And so I reached out to our sheriff then, and I reached out to the officials, and, and they said, well, we need to talk about it. So when I went in on Friday morning with one of my board members present, um, I, I told them the only way I would meet is if another board member went with me. Mm-hmm. I walked into um, the sheriff of the county, two deputies, the prosecuting attorney and the prosecuting attorney's assistant. And they pretty much, um, when they come in, they said, why don't you go inside? And I said, because God ain't told me to. And uh, then they said, well, we have to deal with this sound. And if we can't get it under control, then we're going to have to pursue disturbing the peace charges against you.
2: But there's no ordinance about for sound.
1: Absolutely. There's no ordinance about sound. (laughs) And so this is why instantly I knew that we were in the right, not just with our our Lord, but we were in the right within our law. And so I reached out to Liberty Council, uh, uh, the national organization that stands for Religious Freedom, and Liberty Council has agreed to take this case if it goes. If there is charges ever pressed, um, they will be taking this case. And Hmm. so that's where we're standing right now. After meeting with the prosecuting attorney and the sheriff and all the individuals on Friday, they recommended that we no longer preach with microphones and that we start at 6 PM instead of seven, um, theoretically ending an hour earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, it was okay for us to sing with microphones, but not preach with microphones. Yeah. Go figure that one out.
2: All right. So, I mean, is that something that you all have agreed to do?
1: We've, uh, after talking to my board member um, and we 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 said, you know what, I'm a loud mouth anyway. Um, the <laughs> other uh, men and women of God that we've had come through this tent in the last hundred nights preaching because I'm not preaching the whole thing. There's been ministers from Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas, Illinois. And uh, Kansas and Missouri have all come and and preached underneath this tent. We've actually had individuals from Chicago, Illinois, that have visited Branson, saw the signs, have come, went home, and came back with their family and said, uh, we want them to be part of this. And so we've had people literally from all over the country coming. Um, God has put his hedge of protection around us uh, uh, talking about the virus. Uh, we, We have had no incidences with that. Right. And it simply has come down to a point to where now um, one of the neighbors across the street um, continues to hackle every person that comes in, has signs in her yard that this is not of God, all kinds of things. Come to find out, she actually yells um judgments coming upon all our our people that are coming to this revival and my kids can't even go out in the yard no more wow and upon doing a little research I come to find out that she actually has an outstanding um restraining order against her in Franklin County, Missouri from 2016 for doing the same thing against an individual. Oh wow! Well, hey,
0: Speaking of protection now you talked about you had a, a threat that was made to you and yep. I was curious as uh, how that was handled but let's pick up on that when we get back from our break because it is time for a break we have some people Amen. that would like to talk at an, on our commercials here <laughs> so okay. we'll be right back with uh, Jeff Burkhart and American Roots Outdoors.
1: This is Brenda Valentine and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutland friends. A big old
2: hill. Year after year. Got my presents American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends. Wayne Locke is here. on the Red Bull Mike Grace, and we got Jeff Burkhart uh, on, the, on the line with us. And if you uh, heard the last segment, we were talking about this revival that they've been going over a 100 days. We're recording this on Wednesday. And now, Jeff, uh, let me start right there. I know we want to talk about some other stuff, too, but how long, or do you know at this point, how long is this revival going to continue?
1: Um, I don't know, and that's the answer that I've given. Um, we have literally taking this week for a week. Um, right now we are scheduled out till next Wednesday. Uh, and the Lord has showed me that far out. And, uh, um, you know, I was, uh, people asked me how long, and I said, you know, I would have ended it 90 nights ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and get ready for the, the small mouth are biting amazingly on Table Rock right now. I'm five minutes from the lake. Yep. Um, there's other, there's other churches that want us to come and spread the gospel, but we just uh, we want to be in the middle of God's will and and I know that we are. As I said, there was a, another salvation last night with the 13 year old girl.
0: Well, that's fantastic. Now, Jeff, I've heard you preach when you were over here in Winona, and, I, and I'm curious. And there's got to be some kind of special supplement or vitamins or something <laughs> that you're taking because your voice sounds so good and uh, there, there's no hoarseness to it or anything. So what's your what's your trick there? I mean, what do you what do you um, take? A, a lot of prayer, <laughs> brother Wayne, A lot
1: of prayer. Uh, God. God, uh, uh, 40 years ago, uh, saw fit that I was going to be a preacher. I didn't know that until I was uh, 33 years old. But um, in school, I was the guy that they put out in the hall because uh, my whisper was not a whisper. Um, (laughs) I was the guy that would talk to the walls. And so um, the Lord knew that in two, 2020, um, we would in 2020 we would come against uh, opposition that said you no longer can use microphones, and and uh, God just went ahead and made me with one. So really, there's nothing. There's a few things that I do uh, um, when I get wet at night after preaching and sweating or whatnot. I instantly go and and change my shirt or whatnot and get dry. Um, drink lots of water stay hydrated and I just uh I pray a lot. I ask the Lord to give me his voice.
0: Now when you we left off in the last segment you were just starting we were just starting to talk about you had threats against you. What how have the uh, how has the law approached that? What are they doing to protect you because today's age and you know we see it all the time, you know, people get crazy sometimes and you got to take every threat I imagine very seriously and this seems like if you're starting to get threats is the law protecting your end?
1: Unfortunately, Wayne, they're not. Um, and that's where we're standing right now. I was advised from my attorney, um, as I said, with Liberty Council National Organization, to get my conceal and carry, which I've, I've had for a long time. So you're actually talking to a, a pistol packing preacher now. <laughs> um, you're, you, you, it, it blows my mind with an outstanding.
2: Yeah, um, uh, uh, someone with an outstanding restraining order.
1: A restraining order. You yeah, can living, threaten living somebody and nobody does road, anything about it. Threatening. Making these threats, and and when I brought this to the attention of our local officials, I was told, "Well, I could end it all. I could just go inside my church." Wow. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why we're we're sitting here in rural America, and um, our freedoms, guys. And I mean, we're about freedoms at American Roots Outdoors. We're about mm-hmm. um, uh, heritage, and we're about our family and our faith, and we're about America. And our freedoms are going to be taken, and they're not going to be taken. Um, like we're coming in and going to jerk them out from underneath you, they'll be taken subtly in ways so many times. That what did we see just here a few months back? Because of a scare of a virus, um, we were told to go inside, close the doors, and don't look out, and most of America did.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you know, I had uh, an uncle who taught me to hunt, we were talking one day about uh, military-style t- military, military rifles, and, and this was 35 years ago. And at that point in my life, I said, you know, well, I don't really understand why somebody, regular Joe needs a military style rifle. And he said, let me tell you something right now. And boy, he got right in my face. He said, first they take one, then they take another, and then they take another. And it's the same thing with these freedoms that you're talking about, Jeff, is, is, Yeah, I agree. They're not going to come in and just sweep the rug out from under everything. They're going to do it a little bit at a time. And that's what we've seen, I think, over the last two or three years and maybe even the last decade is just one little thing here, one little thing there, one little thing over there. And, you know, it seems like sometimes the general public just doesn't notice it.
0: Well, luckily, they did notice it in uh, California because the bill that was just defeated, uh, I believe it was last month or the month before, was so vague that it said semi-auto. Now— (laughs) there's a whole lot of hunting (laughs) rifles and shotguns that fall into that category and had that passed that could have very easily wiped out a whole lot of people's rights uh, that enjoy the trap shooting and the hunting and and duck hunting and that over in California. But But, hey, speaking of hunting, Jeff, I know you are a big turkey hunter and a deer hunter. Now, you've been gone this whole time preaching for 101 days now. What are you doing to get yourself ready for this fall season if you've been gone so long?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, um, uh, I'm, I'm old school, me and Mike, uh, me and Redone talked about this, you know, and I, I'm not a, uh, I love, I love a, a trophy buck. I love seeing 150, 160 inch deer. And I've, I've been blessed in my life to kill a few of them. Um, it's been by the grace of God and by the roots that have been instilled in me. Um, I, I, I love trail cameras. I love, Food plots, I love all these things that are now available, these tools, but when it comes back to it, there's nothing like experience and there's nothing like years of experience. And I come from long roots, a long heritage of of hunters. My dad taught me, I killed my first deer at 11 years old. That was before youth seasons were allowed in Missouri. And you could hunt at 10 years old. At 11 years old, my dad taught me how to look, to read the land and look at the benches and the haulers and the, the draws and the pinch points. So them are some of my favorite places to hunt. I've got a, a property right behind our church and parsonage, 180 acres. It's a big, long, um, wooded ridge that's got a few acorn flats that roll off of it and a couple of draws. And, uh, last year, after leaving winona preaching 29 nights i come back in october i crawled up in my tree stand for the first time i sat there i prayed and read my bible for about 20 minutes and grunted and rattled a little bit and a 120 inch a point come in <laughs> and and i i i got him stuck and and found him and and god for it and so that's just kind of where i am i fall back on um when i don't i'm all about scouting i'm all about but i fall back on to what i've learned from the past
2: yeah, I remember us talking about that, and and I'm a woods hunter. I like to hunt in the woods. I I seem to Amen. remember you you like to hunt in the woods as well.
1: Hey man, I love. I mean, I grew up in southwest um, Missouri, around the Chadwick area, around Ozark and Chadwick, and it's it's mm-hmm. uh, acre flats and haulers with cedar thickets, and and uh, you know down where the the chiggers and the the ticks <laughs> ride the the rattlesnakes out yeah, exactly, and, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, we just, uh, we just hunt the way that, um, our families have showed us how to hunt for years. I'm all about, like I said, I love going up North and hunting the big, uh, soybean fields and cornfields and stuff, but it, in reality, it all comes back to what we've learned from our past and and what works and what doesn't. I
2: right, saw so Jeff, have you had an opportunity I mean you said you you like to scout and I'm sure you're like all of us in American roots every time we drive down a road or drive down a gravel road or or a rural highway uh, we're we're rubbernecking the the edges of the woods and the pinch points that you can see looking for deer so have have you, have you seen any in your area that you're thinking hmm
1: amen. Amen. Last night, actually, we had, a, as I said, a 13-year-old uh, gave her life to the Lord, and I'm I'm, I'm pretty extreme for Jesus, so we instantly took her to Table Rock Lake at 10 o'clock at night, and we baptized her last night, and when we come back to the tent right here in our front yard was a nice um, little seven or eight point still in velvet. Um, eating on the fresh grass clippings that we had clipped uh, when we mowed the yard yesterday, and he <laughs> went towards the draw, right towards my tree stand. And I thought, okay, they're they're starting to venture out a little bit. So now, if you um, get
0: his dad or grandpa to do that this fall, that'd be perfect.
1: <laughs> come on, amen, amen, amen. My actually, my uh, my uh, uh, target buck. Uh, if we're going to talk today's terms, my target buck made it through the season last year, through bow season, through alter- uh, through rifle season, through alternative. Um, was only saw one time my 17 year old son saw him and couldn't get a shot at him during rifle season. Made it all the way through late season. And right as he dropped his horns, he was hit on the highway right through our Oh, oh and, no. Oh,
2: uh, no. That's just terrible.
1: I didn't get to find his sheds. I know it was him. I, went, I did get to harvest uh, some of the tenderloin out of him, but I know it was him. I mean, I, you just, you know, them bucks and, and, mm-hmm. uh, my son, he was working on a farm close by, and he said, Dad, I think your buck's dead in the road. And when I went up there, he had just been hit not too long before that, and, and he hadn't dropped his horns too much before that, because they were still uh, uh, bloodied and fresh. Right. So Wow. Anyway. Um, but at he, least it uh, happened
0: after the rut, he, so his genetics got passed on.
1: Absolutely. That's where I'm at, Brother Wayne. And, and, and there was others in here last year that um, were, were potential for this year, so... Just looking forward to, I'll tell you what, guys, after 101 nights of preaching, um, (laughs) I I know it sounds funny. I'm a big guy, brother. Uh, Both of you guys got to meet me, and I've actually, in uh, three and a half months of preaching and sweating out here, I've lost 33 pounds. Oh, wow. Congratulations. uh, yeah. And so I'm looking forward to some cooler nights and and cooler mornings and sitting in a tree stand and just um, taking in some of God's creation.
0: Well, that sounds great. I know we've come to our final break here with you and uh, speaking of that, we're gonna have to get you back on this fall and let us know exactly how your season's going. And hopefully Amen. we're gonna stay we're gonna keep following what's going on here with your revival and uh, keep our uh, fans and that updated on that. Uh, Jeff, Amen. thank I you very much for uh, joining us today. We appreciate it.
2: Absolutely, Jeff. Look forward to seeing you down the road, brother.
1: Amen. Lord bless you guys. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. All right. Folks, you're listening to American Roots Outdoors Radio. We'll be back. We have another special guest going to be joining us here in just a few minutes. We're going to be talking about the current river. We'll do that in just a minute. American Roots Outdoors.
3: Right here, right now, this is Chancy Walters listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge, the Ozark Herd Bull.
0: Passed on down, planted deep in the ground Around your heart So you never gotta worry hey, What the wind might do American Roots Hornady Presents Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors With Alex Rutledge and friends And again, today you have just his two friends we No have, Alex today No Alex No Alex we got tonight. Mike in the studio And this is Wayne Logan. On the phone, we have... Taylor Pettit. Taylor, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How about you? Not too bad. Uh, Taylor is a uh, just a fisherman that lives local here, and he's mm-hmm. kind of leading a movement right now uh, for something that's going over there, uh, over at Watercrest Spring Recreational Area. So, Taylor, what, what do you got going on?
3: Well, basically what's happened is the uh, U.S. Forest Service, which operates that recreation area, has decided that it's just too much trouble for them to continue to maintain it. And so they want to let it go back just to being woods. Yeah. And uh, we're trying to get them to keep it and maintain it and uh, kind of keep the promise that they made to us. When they took all of the, the land as the national forest, you know, the, the, the promise that they gave us was that they would create enough recreation to replace that lost tax base with taxes from recreation. And, of course, the the recreation area here in Van Buren is a big focus of
2: that. Well, absolutely. You know, Taylor, I, I, I've never been up in that part of the current river uh, that I can remember in, in my life. But I have heard of the watercress area for a long time. So this is not like they're wanting to do away with something that is seldom used or that has become obsolete. We're talking about an area that's pretty popular on the current river, aren't we?
3: It's very popular, and the reason that they're wanting to get rid of it is it was damaged a little bit during the 2017 flood. You know, Mm -hmm. we had this huge flood here, um, broke all the records, and so it did some damage to the park. It did some damage to the pavilions. It did some damage to the, the restrooms and to some of the campsites. And uh, you know, rather than fix those, it's easier for them to simply close it and you know use that budget money somewhere else
2: and just let it go.
3: Um, the problem for us as, as a community is that those picnic shelters are where all of our churches had their potlucks. You know, those sure. those are where everybody had their family reunion. Um, you know, Watercress is where I learned to fish. You know, growing up, I wasn't a kid with a $20,000 boat. I, yeah, I've got one now. But back then, when I was bank fishing with a cane pole, water place is a place where that kid can go and, you know, catch a goggle and catch a sun perch and sure. have a big day of it. And uh, it's still that way. And it needs to stay that way so that the next generation can do that fishing and be that guy. Not, not, frankly, not everybody in our community has a boat.
2: Yeah, and excellent. the
3: ability to run up and down the river and, and catch fish where
2: they want. You know, that is becoming a recurring theme, Taylor, and not to get away too far off subject here, but but I've noticed that on some of the smaller streams and, and even on the 11-point to an extent and, and some of the other rivers is that uh, some of those areas that are used quite a bit, due to budget constraints or restraints or just whatever, they're – there aren't many places to go anymore, and just walking up and down the riverbank and fish. You're almost, and I complain about this a lot. I don't have a boat either, uh, so there just aren't many places left anymore to go walking up and down the bank and fish.
3: Right. Yeah. It, it seems almost like that, and I know Forest Services; their primary mission is timber sales, and we understand that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they're
2: yeah, Taylor, your phone's cutting out on us there just a little bit. We kind of lost you there for a moment. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think where it was, was going is that, you know, we need these areas. And uh, Taylor, are you back with us now? I think so. Okay, yep. yeah, there you are. All right, so um, I was on social media uh, just last night, and I saw someone post a picture of Watercress, and the uh, the caption under the picture was, well, we've done some cleanup. Now all we need is $100,000 for repairs. Were they talking about Watercress Park?
3: They were. So essentially, um, initially they said they needed $750,000 to fix this thing. But when we really got into the discussion with them, Mm
2: -hmm.
3: they needed the $750,000 to add electric to the campsites and expand the parking lot and do this and do that and do the other. And when it really came down to it, we only needed about $100,000 in that budget to fix the picnic shelters and patch up the bathroom that was there and, and get it right. one, all fixed.
2: Yeah, just get the place functional again.
3: Exactly. Just get it back where it was in 2016 because it worked great. And it, it does what we need it to do as a community.
2: Sure. So in your talk with them, I mean, is it something that uh, it looks like is going to get done? I mean, are they open to uh, looking at some ways to, to get that money and, and to get that done?
3: Well... Frankly, we're close. What we really need is we need a a bunch of folks to call the the folks that they sent to us as boss and ask her to do the right thing and find her checkbook. So there's this lady, Sherry Swinky who's the forest supervisor in Rolla. Okay. She holds the purse strings. Okay. And it's her checkbook that authorizes all of these... Budgetary line items, including mm-hmm. this one. And, uh, you know, if we can get enough people calling her, frankly, and pestering her to do this, obviously it'll become a priority. Well, probably and, uh,
0: calling your state senator in that too would help put some pressure on.
3: Obviously, calling your state senator, calling your, your U.S. senator, um, you know, calling Roy Blunt's office, calling Josh Hawley's office, calling Jason Smith, who's the representative. Yeah, of, I to say state reps office. Yeah.
2: yeah. Or your county officials. I mean, they're in, in Van Buren. Absolutely. They're in Carter County. You know, call those guys, too. The,
3: the Carter County guys and the City of Van Buren guys are very much behind this effort to save the park. Mm-hmm. Um, we really just need some pressure on U.S. Forest Service to, to get them to do the right thing.
2: All right. So, uh, Taylor, how do we go about doing that? I mean, uh, how, how can we get contact of this, this lady that we need to we need to pester?
3: Well, uh, frankly, Sherry Swinky's her name. She's the fourth supervisor in Rolla. The phone number to her office is 573-364-4621. Well, just call it. I have a meeting... I have a meeting with her tomorrow afternoon, and uh, if she could get a handful of phone calls before I get there, that would be amazing. (laughs)
2: Well, that would be fantastic. All right, so we hope this all works out. I mean, because uh, it seems like we see too many of these places, uh, again, just kind of fall by the wayside. And, and Wayne, I know you're not from around here, uh, but – Uh, I could probably think of three or four off the top of my head uh, where you used to be able to go and you could walk up and down the the banks of the river and fish and there were picnic areas and now it's just growed up weeds and and kind of a snake pit (laughs)
0: well i feel you because in ohio where i was from we had my grandma was the one that took me when she would come visit from kansas up here she's the one that took me fishing my my parents didn't do any of the outdoor stuff so you know we we had a park where we were able to walk around the bank and that and then when the the metro parks uh cut their funds they stopped mowing the grass they stopped you know taking care of the trails and as a kid i couldn't access anymore and as a kid i had no boat so yeah. we i lost a great lake to fish and a, a great place to uh, for other people to take their kids now wh- where's the next boating launch in relation to if this one say does close where's the next how far do people have to drive to get to the next one
3: well there's another one um literally a mile and a half away uh mdc maintains one uh in van buren at the bridge so yeah. there's another boat launch but there's no fishing there
0: I was going to so say I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. There is no place where you can just, like you said, pop a cane pole in and and catch some sunfish That's in it. it.
3: That's what we're hoping to uh, to keep.
2: All right, very good, uh, Taylor. We're out of time. We we thank you so much for coming on today, and I know you're gonna you're gonna stay with us here. And Wayne, we're gonna we're gonna talk more about this on the. Uh, On the bonus segment on the podcast.
0: That's right. And to listen to the bonus segment and to continue listening to uh, Taylor and some local fishing stuff going on here, all you got to do is uh, sign on and subscribe to our podcast. Any podcast carrier, we're on all of them now. And then you'll be able to catch the bonus segment. And uh, we have, again, we have a contest going on. If you want to leave us a review, then you'll be automatically entered and winning a 25-pound bag of Eagle Seed. We'll be drawing that Ooh. in about a week and a half now.
2: Well, i got to go in there and leave a review. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, thank you for joining us for the uh, American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge this week. i the Red Bull Mike Grace. Wayne Locke is here. Wayne, when your roots run deep and strong. There's no reason to fear the wind.
0: So you never got to worry. What the wind might do,
2: American Roots. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station.
0: Hornady presents... Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge. Mike Grace is in the studio. This is Wayne Locke. And if you are listening to this, that means you are on our podcast and you're listening to the bonus segment that you can only hear if you're on the podcast. And I remind everybody, please subscribe, leave a five-star review, and be entered in for this uh, drawing that we have here in another week and a half for a 25-pound bag of Eagle Seed.
2: Yeah, so, folks, remember, five-star review. That's what we're after. Right. Four is
0: good, but four. anything lower than that, let's just, you know, we won't yeah, discuss that. Yeah, if you can do
2: that. at least four, just don't do anything. <laughs> exactly. No, no, don't do that. We we honestly do need your honest opinions. But the, but the five and four stars that do certainly help. All right, so we're going to continue now the extension of the radio show uh, with uh, Taylor Pettit, talking about uh, the situation that, uh, you know, we're seeing more and more of around the country, especially here in the Ozarks and in Missouri and Arkansas, but I think across the country, and that is... Um, due to i'm putting quotation marks up here taylor budgetary restraints or budget shortfalls uh some of the access to some of the rivers are being eliminated so let's kind of pick up right there and taylor if you will uh, for the folks that are just listening to this bonus segment tell us a little bit of what's going on up there in van buren
3: well essentially what's happening is we have this uh u.s Forest service access point it's a uh, the- The name of it is uh, Watercress Spring Recreation Area. So it's a boat launch and some picnic area, some uh, rudimentary camping area, and a place to bank fish the Current River. Um, It's also a place for for swimming on Current River. Mm -hmm. And it was damaged a little bit during the 2017 flood, and the Forest Service has decided that they want to let this area go back to just being general forest instead of being an access point in a recreation area. And our concern, of course, is that we've got all these kids and, and people here who don't have another place to go and fish, who don't have another place to go and swim, who don't have another place where they can go and launch their boat. Um, and this area is important to them. So we're, we're really hoping to, to keep it and get them to fix it. It's not that much money and we just need to encourage the right people to spend that money on this. You know, for an organization as big as the U.S. Forest Service, the $100,000 that's needed to fix this is not its not even a drop in the bucket.
2: No, it's a grain um, of sand in it's, the Sahara Desert is what it is. Yeah,
3: <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it's nothing to them. They haul more than that out of this county in timber every year, way more. And, uh, you know, we're just asking them to put it back like it was before the flood uh, and let the kids here continue to fish and continue to swim and the church continue to have their potluck dinners there and people have their uh, family reunions there like they always have.
0: Now, Taylor, I could tell just from the little bit that we've been talking to you, you are extremely passionate about this place. So I'm assuming you got some history there, you know, maybe growing up there. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. I mean, I grew up here. I grew up fishing in that fishing hole, um, you know, when when I was a kid, my dad would take me up there with a cane pole, and you know, I caught probably the first fish I ever caught in my life. I caught there, um, you know, I don't recall that, but but I know I I remember sitting on the bank there and and fishing, you know, 45 years ago, hmm. um, and I'm only 50, so <laughs> um, it, I have a long history with this site. For sure.
2: And 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 Taylor, and just think of the countless others numbers of others that that have that same story you do
3: sure and it, and it's not just people in this community but because mm-hmm. it's a national forest site it's visited by people from all over the united states all over the world probably and uh, you know they come there they camp they do a little fishing they do a little swimming they have a big time and they go home and it's a nice quiet safe place to do that
2: yeah, and, it's, yeah and those places are kind of the face of the ozarks for people that come here to visit that's exactly what they're looking for. I mean, you know, exactly. yeah, yeah. sure, a motel with a nice pool is great, but there's mm-hmm. nothing like coming from Chicago to Van Buren, Missouri, and going swimming in the river.
0: Well, as I say, he, what he exactly. just described reminds me of something you would exactly picture on like a pamphlet. If you want oh, to exactly. put a pamphlet together about Van Buren sites and stuff like that, what you just described would be perfect.
3: Sure, and if you go to, if you go to TripAdvisor... Right, which is this website mm-hmm. of places to go wherever you are in the world, mm-hmm. and you look at Van Buren, Missouri, one of the things that you will see mm-hmm. on there are a bunch of pictures of that Watercrest Spring Recreation Area because it is the anchor of Van Buren's recreation. Yeah, I still you know, it's, always been, it's kind of a go-to place. It's right in the middle of town. Mm-hmm. You go there and launch your boat and go about your day.
2: I still don't understand the uh, uh, folks that you know the, the government not wanting to maintain that. That it, it just this kind of blows my mind and is kind of over my head for whatever reason.
3: It it literally blew mine as well. I, it just it doesn't make any sense. Apparently, U.S. Forest Service has just decided that maintaining it's just too much trouble for them.
0: Now I could see and when they you have
3: other they have other priorities somewhere else. Right. Um, it just doesn't make any sense.
0: No, really. I can see when you were originally talking uh, before, when you were saying, that, hey, they're talking three-quarter of a million dollars to put into it. But you're not asking for, hey, let's put in electric and let's put in Wi-Fi or, you know, all these <laughs> yeah. crazy things you don't need. need. We just need someone to mow the that. path, right, fix a bathroom and let let our kids fish. I mean, my I've never been there. But I tell you what, after hearing what you just described, I got two little boys that we're, we, we are, we're adopting. Well, one's actually the adoption's done, but I'm going to get them down there. And uh, and check it out because it sounds awesome. You
3: pull around to Campsite Thirteen, you park there, you walk up to Bass Rock. It's this big rock that's fallen off a bluff there, and uh, there's almost always a smallmouth under it. Wow.
2: Fantastic. Taylor, we appreciate you being with us today and kind of bringing this to our attention. I know I've, I've seen over the last few days a little bit about this on, on social media. So I think, and do you feel like in Van Buren that you all are beginning to make some headway and, and kind of the ball starting to roll your direction?
3: We feel like we are. We had a productive meeting, I think, with the, the recreation director for the, the Ranger District and, and uh, another fellow from the Ranger District last night and kind of narrowed down that three-quarter-of-a-million-dollar number to what is actually needed, which turns out to be only about $100,000. And so I'm going to go tomorrow, I have a meeting with the forest supervisor in Rolla, and uh, hopefully she can find her checkbook and find $100,000 in it and get these guys the money they need to fix this place and and get it back in shape the way it should be.
2: That would be fantastic. What I can
3: really use is a little support from your listeners to call this woman, uh, her name Sherry Schwenke at the U.S. Forest Service, um, and uh, apply a little pressure to her to listen to us. You know, uh, we understand that they have other things they have to spend money on. We'd just like her to hear us out.
2: Yeah, and uh, it wouldn't hurt to contact your state representative, your state senators, U.S. senators, congressmen, whatever the case may
3: be. U.S. senators, Gender. Forest Service from the <laughs> top down, uh, anybody that they want to call. But this lady in particular, I think, holds the purse strings. Sure, that we need to get a hold
2: of. All right, Taylor. Thank you very much for being with us.
0: All right, you're welcome. And
2: Thanks and for keep us, me. yeah, and keep us posted as this uh, continues to uh, to play out.
0: and I encourage I uh, all of our listeners. We have listeners all across the country here uh, on the podcast. I encourage everybody check out Van Buren, Missouri, the Current River and uh, Watercrest. Uh, uh, Was it Watercrest Spring Recreational Park? And check it out. Find out more about it. And uh, come down and visit it. And uh, Van Buren, once you're there, you're going to love it. And I guarantee you'll be back again with your family.
2: You'll love the Jolly Cone.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that
0: Jolly Cone is good. <laughs> yes, it is.
2: All
0: right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to and American Roots. Don't forget yeah. Red Oh, Beards. Red Beards. That's right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to American Roots Outdoors podcast. Uh, we look forward to hearing and seeing you next week. And again, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind.